millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Oscars Cheat Sheet miniseries. Why bother having an opinion on this year's Best Picture nominees when you can just use ours? Hey, 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 it's that time of year again. Time for us to talk about the Oscars, which we all love and definitely don't have various hang-ups concerning um, it. And I'm here <laughs> with Richard and our actor friend, Aaron, that's actor slash friend, Aaron, um, who <laughs> always comes to talk to us about the Oscars. But this year, we're doing something a little bit different, as you can see from what you've looked at, what this episode is called. We're doing an Oscar cheat sheet miniseries. Mm. Um, and what this is going to consist of is we'll probably release maybe two a day. Um, and it's going to be us talking about each film that's been nominated for Best Picture. What do we think? Do we like it? Should it win? Did it deserve it? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, full spoilers for the movie in question. And we are going to, on this episode, be talking about Don't Look Up. Isn't that right, lads? That is right. Um, uh, also, just so this is the first one, presumably. This is the first one we're recording. Mm. Presumably the first one you're listening to. This is the first time we've recorded together in a little while, AJ, because I've just True. got back from China. And it's the first time in a year we've recorded there. <laughs> um, although less than a year because the Oscars were later last year. That's true. And I'm there glad- was kind of late this year for like for normal Oscar times, but yeah. Just gonna say, I was glad that uh, AJ introduced me as actor slash friend and not the other way around. Mm. Actor first, friend second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're here to talk about um, "Don't Look Up." What are the dates, Richard? What are the dates of "Don't Look Up"? uh like well i presume this is a question you're going to be asking me every time so we should establish now what you mean by that um (laughs) the director oh yeah yeah sweet so uh yeah don't look up was a film released on netflix uh the end of last year it's directed by adam mckay whose last three films have all been nominated for best picture that's um Big Short, Vice, and Don't Look Up. Obviously, they've he's all come been from... nominated as like the silly one. <laughs> this yeah. is the the Academy's idea of the silly one. Yeah, um, his his first films he's made without Will Ferrell uh, because he obviously made the likes of Anchorman, uh, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, the other guys, and Anchorman Two, and then yeah, went on to make the Big Short, Vice, and Don't Look Up. All nominated for Best Picture, as I mentioned. It has an ensemble cast uh, feature starring in the, the lead sort of roles as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, you know, two actors who it's lately haven't really been in much, so it's kind of they're both kind of big gets. Uh, but we've got, yeah, big uh, ensemble cast featuring Jonah Hill, Mike Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, uh, Kid Cudi. Himesh Patel, Malinowski, Michael Chiklis, who has like one line in the film, (laughs) Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, and um, we've also got uh, cameos from Liev Schreiber, uh, Sarah Silverman, uh, Chris Evans, and 
Uh, we also had, um, uh, yeah, Matthew Perry was uh, in the film, but was cut out. And he was weirdly the person I was most excited to see in the film. And I didn't even get to see him. Yeah, I would God love to have seen it. Matthew Perry. Would that be his first S- acting role in a, a uh, long since, time? Since 17 again. Good Lord. Yeah. So, well, first um, first movie acting role. He was in the Odd, Odd Couple reboot, which ran for like three seasons. He was also in a show called um, Go On, I think. Yeah, that I, I quite liked. Does that predate? Um, uh, yeah, oh, well, no, this twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah. This, so this is about uh, the the two scientists, Dr. Randall Mindy, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and Debbie uh, uh, Asky. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen the film, so I can't remember the pronunciation <laughs> of Jeff Lawrence's character's name. Yeah, because they call that's what they name the yeah the asteroids Debbie Yeah, they they discover this asteroid is hurtling towards Earth and is going to wipe out the planet. And the film is a very thinly veiled metaphor for the impact, the the looming threat of global warming, that it's going to wipe out the planet and it's turned into a political issue whether or not you believe that the asteroid is going to destroy uh, all life on Earth or if you, you know, buy into mm. what the liberal media tells you, which obviously coming out at the end of 2021 uh, took on a new meaning Um you know, being very clearly also to do with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yes, th- thinly veiled uh, with glad wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what this, this movie is. Um, what did you guys think of Don't Look Up? This was this is the um, the lowest scoring uh, Best Picture nominee on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I was quite surprised to see it get nominated after it was like relatively, um, you know, I saw a lot of people not like this film at yeah. all. Um, and then Sora got nominated for Best Picture and I went, ah. Oh, that's because this is what the Academy thinks a comedy looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what a prestigious comedy looks like. I also think that you have like, I mean, you've got people that there's like the Oscar bingo space, like the middle square is Adam McKay or Meryl mm. Streep or Leonardo DiCaprio. Like all of them are just like, yeah, if you make a film, it will, don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> but it is also, also worth mentioning before we get into what we thought of it, that yeah, this year, the reason we're splitting it up into these 10 podcasts is because there is 10 nominees and uh, it's the first time in a while that there's been 10 nominees. Um, the reason is that, Years and years ago, well, not that many years ago, but 2008, uh, The Dark Knight was snubbed, and that's kind of cited as one of the reasons, like, that the Academy after that were like, you know what, maybe five films isn't enough, um, and we should really be, uh, you know, honoring more of cinema, and so let's make it 10 films. And then they did 10 films for like two or three years, and then um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was nominated, and they went, oh, maybe 10's too many. Like what, what if there's not 10 good films in a year and then they made it for the last like 10 years or so it's been between five and ten that's to do with how a certain amount have to like get past a certain threshold of votes and right. it hasn't been 10 since it was changed to between five and ten but from this year onwards they're now saying it's gonna be 10 um so it will always be 10 now on until they inevitably change their mind again <laughs> yeah so we're a bit, and having said that though like what we're saying about this is what the academy views as a comedy that yeah i kind of like that with 10 films we can do mm. stuff like this there, there is this year the, the last year, a few years ago we saw the most popular film award being talked about and they're kind of doing stuff like that again this year which we'll talk about at some point and yeah i i, I like the idea of the academy 
honoring more films like this because there was a big push to get like spider-man no way home nominated for best picture which was like yeah i mean maybe there should be a spot for a film like that um but the spot for a film like that is billions of dollars at the box office they don't need academy awards uh but yes aaron <laughs> what did you what did you think of the film um yeah what did i think of the film i think I mean, we, we maybe had a conversation about this after i watched it was like at the time watching it i was like because I watched it so long after having seen all the kind of critical reviews of it being like, it's terrible, it's dumb. I remember watching it and being like, eh, it's actually a reasonably fun time. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, reflecting on it, I think there are definitely, uh, it does feel like the movie has a point and then it sort of hits you over the head with its point for two and a half hours. Um, but there are it's definitely- a long film it's, too. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly long. Um, but there are definitely aspects to it that are kind of fun. And, like, again, yeah, I I think you're right. It, 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 it does seem to be a sort of hierarchy within the kind of arts industry where things that are serious are seen as being better pieces of art. Mm. So I think you're, you're right to say that, like, it's, it's a good thing that they can expand this to 10 because then, you know, it recognises things that are funny or things that are not necessarily like serious draining pieces of art that you have to sit through for two and a half hours. I will say that, um, and I know we're not supposed to be referencing other movies, but having just finished watching Power of the Dog today, I don't think that, um, I don't think that Don't Look Up is responsible for the funniest moment I've seen out of all of the um, <laughs> all of the Oscar movies, but uh, you'll have to wait to Power of the Dog to hear my opinion on that. <laughs> All right, moving on to Power of the Dog. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Um, I I feel like I'm of two minds about this because I watched it knowing, like, I thought it was a cool idea for a film. Mm. I thought the trailer looked all right. I thought the title I really liked. Um, and, and that's all the things I look for, in <laughs> whether or not I go and see a movie. Um, and then I heard it was bad, and I was like, that's a shame. And then I watched it, and, like, while there is a lot of stuff that I thought was pretty silly in it, I really, really responded to a lot of it. And I think it's because, and I'm sorry, everyone, if I made a Hollywood comedy, I think this is what it would look like. Or what, <laughs> yeah. I, what it would this end up looking like. This is how obtuse it would be, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, no, seriously. Like, I would mm. want it to to have a message and I would want it to, to like, condemn these these ideas in the world that I hate and, and all that sort of thing. And, like, I saw some... It, it was like there were two waves of this film. There was everyone saying, it's obvious, it's stupid, it's pandering. And then there was, like, a second wave of people being like, it's great, and uh, we live in a time where you need to be obvious and pandering yeah. so people to even understand what the hell you're trying to say. And so, yeah, I liked it, um, though I, I understand some of the resentment towards it, and again, I am surprised it got nominated, I guess. Yeah. I would have probably bumped a couple of others above it if we're talking about what the 10 films should open themselves up to, I guess. Sure, yeah. It's one of those things where... Like there's certain kinds of jokes in it that are like I, I I still struggle to say they're subtle, but there's like like I know AJ one of your favorite jokes of the film. Jeff Lawrence's character goes to visit her parents, and they're like, "You can they're essentially like you can come in if you promise not to get political." And it's like mm. jokes like that are so funny, and it's like like mm. so much of the the film is like it's it's almost like like Family Guy in a way where it's like this the jokes are like so stupid and obvious, but to me like the funniest bits of Family Guy are like 
the like super relatable like throwaway lines and this film is also full of those where it's like yeah or like Meryl Streep's playing a thinly veiled Trump allegory that's not that funny but parent conservative parents telling their daughter not to get political that's really funny and um mm. And also, like, like Timothy Chalamet, like, shout out to him in this film because, like, you know, obviously he's one of the sort of best young actors we've got at the moment and known for these very sort of serious roles. But he's got some, like, serious comedic chops on him. Like, and just one of those things where it's, like, it's it's an actor's actor, like, making really weird decisions, but that still feel real. Like, his first line in the movie, one of his first lines when he comes up, to the register where um at the store where um, Jennifer Lawrence is and he's like I'd like to buy these sunglasses and he just puts on this weird voice and it's like yeah that's what teenagers do like yeah. that's what people like yeah and, and I was like is that gonna be his is, he, is that his <laughs> character's voice <laughs> yeah. and then there's like a bit at the end when he says to Mal- Melanie Linsky um his gamer tag on Twitch he's like you game and he and he like stares at her with this like smug kind of like but inquisitive expression Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. That he holds for like five seconds, and it's so funny how long he holds it, like waiting for her to respond. Hey, but speaking speaking of alternative um, Timothy Chalamet pictures that were likely to get nominated for Best Picture, um, I probably would have pegged uh, French Dispatch over Don't Look Up for being more of a shoe in for the Oscars, to be honest. Mm. And maybe, because again, that is kind of the Academy's idea of a um, of a comedy, I think. And so I'm surprised that, um, I'm surprised that Don't Look Up got in over French Dispatch, I think, would be the, that would be the one I would maybe swap out for it. For mm. Are you going to do that for each film? <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. sort of tell you which one I would swap it out for, yeah. even if it's another nominated film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it possible not to be cynical that perhaps the reason for that is that Netflix has deep pockets and probably the ability to promote something like Don't Look Up mm. over... Because where did French Dispatch was just a, like a regular kind of studio movie, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's on Disney Plus in New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a 20th century pictures, I guess. Right. Um What's, uh, it's we... also better than Don't Look Up by a lot of metrics. Well, I've think. heard one part of it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it is actually, having seen it, uh, yeah. Well, having not seen it, having I also think it. I'm cool. I have an opinion. Um, no, having seen it, yeah. I think the thing is as well, I don't know, it feels like it has more good parts to it, like in terms of like production design and like even the sort of, as much as it's kind of a screwball comedy, it's kind of a very heartfelt love letter in some respects. So I guess Are you it's talking probably... about Don't Look Up or French <laughs> Dispatch? <laughs> no, I'm talking about um, French Dispatch, sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whereas, like, Don't Look Up is a 
very heartfelt hate letter. A hate, yeah. a hate letter. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say love letter. I was like, well, I don't think he's talking about Don't Look Up. I don't think this was a very loving movie. Um, one thing that I disagree with on the consensus of Don't Look Up is um, I thought uh, Jonah Hill was the worst part of the movie. Hated him. I thought he sucked. And Meryl Streep. Th- fucking hated them. <laughs> I didn't mind Meryl Streep as much, and I thought it was fun to see her play Donald Trump considering how on record she was hating on him. Mm. Um, but, like, Jonah Jonah Hill is playing like why Jonah Hill was funny 10 years ago and not why I would be interested in watching Jonah Hill today. Um, Also spoilers, technically the only character to survive the film, which kind of pissed me off even more because it was like, you think people like this character, but I guess they did because Mm. um, he was talking about- Aaron, did you have thoughts on- I was just going to say, how did he survive the film? There's a post-credit scene where he Mm. he pops (gasps) out of the rubble. Earth is destroyed, and he goes, "Oh, I got a tweet about this." <laughs> what? Yeah. It's There's a post-credit funny. scene. Yeah, nominate this film for an Oscar. Yeah, um, best <laughs> best funny. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but on the Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep thing, yeah. it's interesting that those are probably the two characters that feel the most kind of like they're actively caricatures of something. And there's mm. maybe the reason why people don't like them because they like feel like caricatures of existing people. Yeah, they feel yeah. like I guess um uh, Mark Rylance as well. Yeah, I guess that's true. But they feel I feel like they feel the most like kind of uh, obvious critiques of specific figures, and so they're kind of like these grotesque figures, and that's maybe why you hate them is because yeah. it's like that's not a real person. That's your judgment on these people interesting yeah they're not yeah like like yeah be, be, like because the fact that Meryl Streep's so actively anti-Trump that it's like you're letting your hatred of him get in the way of a good performance yeah there's that's nothing like, redeeming th- 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 about th- this them. is more about look how much I hate Trump than look what a good performance this is yeah Mm. Um, my favorite character was probably ron perlman's character uh because when he gets launched into space he says something racist and everyone's like he's from a different time and i thought i briefly thought the film was going to get into the politics of like this is your key to saving the world but he said the n-word so we've cancelled him like i wondered if you know if it was going to touch on something like that i like how you're like this is my favorite character because he said something racist (laughs) <laughs> no, that's why. I just thought it was it was a um a funny idea to put in the film, I guess. Um, and one thing that I also didn't like about this film is the that running gag they, about paying for snacks. <laughs> that was I liked that. Actually. I, I I did too, but it was very like boy, did the filmmakers think this was funny? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that uh, Mark Rylance's character, who's what like a steve jobs he's the ceo of the tech company that says wait a minute we can mine the asteroid um for to make money and shit yeah yeah there's a point in the movie where there's a joke that how his 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 algorithms are so strong it can tell you how you're going to die Mm. um and he you know he tells someone that that they're going to die of a heart attack or whatever which i guess is not true because they die when the world blows up but um well, uh, he, tells, Streep, yeah, he tells Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep yeah. who's who's the president she asks how she's gonna die and he says you'll get eaten by something called a brontorock like a, a brontorock which is all which is like I don't know if that's how I was like willing to believe the app worked I thought it was going to take in data and conclude this not like yeah. literally tell the, Patrick future. the future yeah 
And then when they, when like m- millions of years later, after the escape pod that has the president in it arrives on an alien planet, um, she gets eaten by said uh, Brontorock. And I thought that it was that was silly because um, that scene had only just happened about twenty minutes earlier. Mm. That that's like the thing you set up at the start of the movie so that it's paid off in the final yeah. scene, not something you set up twenty minutes earlier. So. It's like in the boss baby. It's like they do it in the boss baby, and I cannot remember. I <laughs> cannot line. remember what it actually is that they, yeah. but they do it in the boss baby. <laughs> and yeah. It's like it's, it's like about, it's a line about pirates or something like that. You you forgot yeah, to say it's, R it's, or something. Yeah, or, or like working together, and then he repeats it in the climax, but he's only just said it at the start of the third <laughs> act. <laughs> it is weird. One of the weirdest things about this movie, also like just from my experience, of this movie, I was uh i had the day off work and it was playing like about a month before it came out or a few weeks before it came out in a cinema here and now they like one screen so I was like, oh fuck i'll go to this i was like one of the only people in the cinema um and so i got to see it before in- like there was any you know buzz about it online and so again sort of just trying to predict that and i mean like it's pretty predictable what people are going to think of it that it's like you know, some people really, really respond to this, and then some people will be like, "This is just." Too- I, 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 I liked it more than I thought I would. I kind of went in wanting to hate it, and then was like, "I actually had a good time, and I, I thought it was pretty, mm. pretty good." But I found a lot of it like quite obnoxious, yeah. Especially the editing, and it is nominated for best editing at the Oscars. But I was gonna say, it is weird as well to see Leonardo DiCaprio dating a woman his own age and having adult children. <laughs> like I'm sure he hated that. <laughs> Do you think that he should have been nominated for an Oscar because to make that believable uh, yeah, is so yeah. far out mm. the bounds of his own existence uh, yeah. or experience? Mm. That you, you meet Melanie Linsky and it's like, oh, that must be his girlfriend's mum. <laughs> but yeah, it is nominated for best picture, uh, best original screenplay, best original score, and best film editing. Um, I hope it doesn't win editing because that was my biggest complaint about the film. Mm. that always happens though it's always the award it's the, the, it's category the, most, you the hate most obvious the most editing ab- yeah but the, it's always the category you hate most about a nominee that it gets that it wins mm. <laughs> i remember when dunkirk won best sound mix or whatever and i was like what i hated the sound mix of that movie yeah or i mean bohemian rhapsody winning best one piece editing like. yeah but it's just the, the film where you could tell that there's editing in it <laughs> um yeah okay well so what what are its odds of winning best picture richard uh, so Bwin, the the gambling website we usually go to, which allows you to bet on the last name that will appear in the in memoriam, isn't doing the Oscars this year. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it- <laughs> devastating. Sixty six to one odds, I think. For um, don't that's look almost up, its according- wrong tomato score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better than its wrong tomato score. There you um, go. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I would I say this this feels fairly unlikely to take home the big award. Yeah, it's it's one of the bottom ones. This uh, this and another one, which we'll talk about uh, later this afternoon, um, <laughs> uh, were the kind of ones that I think people were quite surprised to see nominated in a bad way. The ones that were people, like there's something like Drive My Car that people were like, "Oh, it'd be so cool oh, if this makes it." Um, but uh, yeah, this and Nightmare Alley. I think of the two ones that people are like, You'd, oh, there's a new movie from Adam McKay, there's a new movie from Guillermo del Toro who have, you know, historically done well at the Oscars. And 
you think, oh, you know, really exciting. Then they come out, people don't love them, and they think, oh, maybe they won't be nominated. But they were because they've got a quota to fill now. It does sort of feel like not to not to disparage the films that are there. In some ways, it does feel like this is kind of the year where people get nominated or films get nominated based on the reputation of the directors mm. rather than necessarily the strength of the films themselves. Or even what a the great st- call. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like even the strength of the films relative to the other, the director's other films, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of them I would say like this is very clearly not their best work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I would definitely say that with Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, uh, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro, P.T. Anderson for Licorice Pizza, I would say it for Dune with Denis Villeneuve as well. And obviously Adam McKay. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast is one where it's like this is probably his best work. You didn't feel um, that um, <laughs> Thor was uh, better? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree. I would agree with that. This is not... I, the, with every director nominated, they've made a... With exception of a couple, I would say mm. they've all made a film that I prefer greatly to mm. to this, the ones that they had nominated this year. Yeah, it, it is... Um... Yeah, it's an interesting list, which I I think our sort of feeling, or my feelings at least, will become clear about it over the next uh, 10 podcasts, or nine nine more podcasts after this one. Yeah, any final thoughts on Don't Look Up? Just look down. Ariana Grande was in it. (laughs) Why didn't it get nominated for Best Song? That is actually really strange, yeah. Um, Did you guys have a moment where you considered the fact that um, years ago on Saturday Night Live, Ariana Grande guest starred, (laughs) where she did a pretty, like, mocking impression of jennifer lawrence and now they're acting in a film together Mm. i thought about that a lot anyway that (laughs) was our discussion on don't look up on this the oscars cheat sheet mini series be sure to check out the other episodes and like and follow cole popcher on instagram and twitter join our discord which there's a show note there's a link to in the show notes you can also join our discord and um you know oh, did i just say that or did i say patreon just do it you just got on patreon <laughs> join all these things email us at coldpopshamedia at gmail.com tell us what you think the best picture winner will be um and we'll see you on the next episode of cheat sheet about nightmare alley okay <laughs> all right all right yeah what you said You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.